Six years ago, I was going through a burnout. It was one of the most difficult times that I have experienced. I was in a denial. My loved ones, my husband, Drew, my family, my friends were there for me. But I wasn't in denial. I did not understand what was happening. I knew that I wasn't able to sleep well. I knew that I was exhausted, but still I couldn't sleep properly. I couldn't read an email properly. My vision were getting super blurred. I was not understanding the words in the email. It was taking me three hours to write two or three lines to answer an email. I was shaking. The presentations and the spreadsheet that I was putting together made absolutely no sense. And I think that Drew had a big responsibility in the sense to push me to go and see someone, a therapist that was specialized into burnout. And she helped me to go through this difficult period. Two months ago, I met virtually with Suchi and we decided to do an episode talking about mental fitness. She went through a burnout as well and we'll go and we'll talk about it during this episode. But also what she realized going through this burnout is maybe she could have had avoided it if she had practiced mental fitness. We talk a lot about body fitness, doing some workout, uh, strength training, running, um, cardio, but how do we tackle mental fitness? And this is what we're going to talk about in this episode. Few days ago, I felt the signs of a new burnout. And I was working, I've been working no late few nights this week because I had just to catch up <laughs> with my admin, with the emails, with getting back to clients, with working on, you know, future projects as well. And I felt overwhelmed and I felt like, Laure, you're not going back to this dark place. You need to look after yourself. You need to be careful. You have a family. You love your job. You love what you're doing, being a makeup artist, beauty editor, podcaster, entrepreneur as well. You're not going back to that. And I don't want to go back. I don't want to go through a burnout again. I, a couple of days ago, I posted on my LinkedIn. I shared a bit more what I went through during my burnout. And I do invite you to check my LinkedIn to know a bit more about what I went through. Um, each burnout is different for each person. But I think that we need to talk about it. It doesn't mean that we are normalizing it, but it means that if this episode, this post, 
can help someone realize that they're going through a burnout, then I would have done part of the job, I would say. Enjoy this episode. I cannot wait to hear from you. Maybe your experience, share it with me on my Instagram, DM me on my LinkedIn, by email, and I would help you if I can. I would love to redirect you to the professional that can help you as well. Um, and enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm Laure Sejean, a former HR director turned into a pro makeup artist and a beauty editor. In this podcast, I want to share another way of looking at beauty from the outside and from the inside, from people who create beauty trends to people who help us feel better within our body, from sharing my experience with some beauty products to digging into new ingredients. Welcome to Beauty S'il vous plaît. Hi, everyone. So the guest of today, when we had our first conversation, um, we had it on Zoom and I like, you know, the screen, you know, came out and I saw this radiant smile in front of me, just giving me like the best positive energy ever. And I think it's something that I needed to know on that day. Um, and just like, you know, starting to King to Suchi, just, you know, change my day because you are sharing such an incredible energy and um, positiveness. And I don't know what else you know, I can say, but you are, um, yeah, I think, I think you are, if I may say so, you're lightening others people life and um so yeah so suchi and i we met we emit actually we emit <laughs> through another uh group of women called the mode queen community or the queen mode community that's you know that will be better you know in that way and um, and and Suchi uh, contacted me uh, because she is doing something amazing as in terms of beauty inside out and uh, more in terms of mental fitness. So Suchi, thank you so much for being with us today. I cannot wait to dig into this episode because we are sharing things together that we didn't know and and I'm very happy to share that you know with other people and with my audience um today um by the way we are the 5th of December and this episode probably going to be released sometimes in January because I thought that this would be a great way to start 2023 mm -hmm. I, I absolutely agree. And Lore, I have to say thank you for that magnanimous introduction. I feel so honored and blessed. Uh, I'm really grateful to Queen Mode for having allowed us to cross paths. And 
I can't wait for all that we're going to unpack in this episode because I know we share a lot of these elements in common and I I just want to be able to speak more about these things so we can even if we can help or make a difference to even one person's life I feel that is uh, there's nothing more special than that so thank you so much for having me thank you so much for making this time and for sharing something so beautiful between us and for your audience. Suchi, so your full name, I'm going to to say it like, you know, um, to everyone. I have my paper in front of me, not to make any uh, misspelling or anything. So uh, your name is Suchitra Sivasankaran. Oh my you- God. Was that correct? Yeah. Was that right? Yes. Beautifully done. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so you are the founder of an upcoming application called Inside and Out. Um, this application is to help others to check on yourself or to check on oneself and to build your mental fitness. I was very interested, you know, when you got in touch with me to understand more what was mental fitness. We hear a lot about um, fitness in general, which is more related to um, body, to physique, uh, fitness. Um, and, uh, and I want to understand more about indeed, like, you know, mental fitness. It has an impact, obviously, you know, um, on your inside beauty, but I strongly believe that whatever you do inside has an impact on the outside as well. Um, you used to work at Schlumberger. Yes. Um, for nearly 15 years. Nearly 15 years, yes. 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 And in 2019, you went through a burnout. Yes. Um, and I feel that burnout is something that unfortunately, you know, we are hearing more and more that is less taboo. Um, but it's also, I feel difficult to not to diagnose it, but for one person to realize that we are going through a burnout. And I'm saying this because myself, you know, I went through a burnout in 2017. I mean, it's actually, I'm going to celebrate my sixth year anniversary of my burnout, you know, this Christmas. I mean, that's a bit crazy to say so, but, um, but yeah, so I, I mean, that's something that we are sharing together. Our yes. experience of burnout is completely different. The reason of that you went through a burnout, you know, is different. And my reason is, is different as well. I will, I might share, you know, depending on how the conversation goes uh, today, but I might share that, you know, with um, with the audience. Um, Suchi, I'm going to leave you, like, talk a bit because I've been talking so much now. Um, <laughs> but how would you describe yourself? How would I describe myself? I think I, I've i always known that I'm someone who's very curious, like I'm always curious about, about things in general, but I've been very curious about the human behavior, about the human mind, about uh, what it means to be happy, uh, if, 
you know, when I was young, like if my mom would be like, no, we have to do this. I, I would never just listen to her. I would always have to ask her a question, but why? Like, what is the reason behind? And I think generationally also, when you pass on things to your children, we don't, our parents don't necessarily ask why they've been asked to do something. So my mom would be like, you're such a difficult child. Like I have to go and now find the logical reason on why I want you to do something. And I, I always felt that reading things around this space of like, understanding self and why uh, you know different people have different courses of life this was something that's always fascinated me I also think that I've continuously unintentionally been very disruptive like I have not hesitated to create a path for myself even if it's not conventional and even if uh, the society that matters to me around me uh, doesn't approve I still have found myself always wanting to do what has come from within doesn't mean that I have held, carried that um, that disruptiveness gracefully always because it's always come with a lot of guilt and shame and fear but I have done it irrespective so I would call myself disruptive for sure and I have only learned to embrace it in the recent years Laura that I do think one of my strengths or superpowers is is empathy I definitely can um, I I have this ability to lead with empathy as one of my strongest suits and I have the ability to be in my personal life as well to be able to to walk in someone's shoes without having experienced what they are and I can I can I feel like I am able to allow someone to feel seen which I think I don't I don't have to work too hard at it so I definitely think empathy is something that I I hold innately and I want to sharpen like keep honing that uh trait or human skill as they say but um I think these are these are like some key things I would describe myself I do feel like I you know like even as I build this brand like I don't really like the title of CEO like I prefer to call myself a chief visionary officer as opposed to a, an executive officer because I'm like I don't exactly understand what a CEO does but I like that I have a vision and I feel like it is about building a world better than the one that I was born into and so I would say I would describe myself as a as a visionary too and finally, as someone who's constantly, I don't know how you say, a, a student of life, like I definitely think I'm, I'm excited to constantly grow. I'm excited to constantly be better than I was yesterday. That's how I would describe me. What made you want to create Inside and Out? So... To be honest, it was one of those moments when I was post burnout, I, I took a post being diagnosed with a burnout, I decided to take a sabbatical because I, I think I was most disturbed with how I allowed myself to get there. And all the symptoms that I was experiencing, I was sort of trying to dumb them down. So when I did get diagnosed, and I connected the dots, I think I felt like I owed it to myself that I I don't, I, I carry this self-esteem and this, you know, woman in corporate and have this like loud voice and all of that. But I think I recognize that I actually don't uh, know myself. I don't think I really listen to myself or connect. 
So I took the sabbatical as an honor to spend some time with me. And I called it Project Suchi because I was like, I've delivered so many different projects in my life, but I would like to dedicate a chapter just to get to, to discover myself. And during that journey, Laura, it was the many different things that I tried organically. One thing led me to another. There was a, a, a space where I started to recognize that I just felt this feeling of calm, feeling of contentment, this feeling of um, being able to be present and, and experiencing that joy. And I was wondering, how, you know, how did I get here? And what is it that I am feeling? Because I'm actually in a chapter in my life where I'm not controlling everything. I don't have my goals set. I don't exactly know what's my next, you know, checkbox that I'm going to tick off. And I just realized that, wow, it's it's just because I've constantly and consistently spent time every single day connecting with me. And I have been uh, sort of responding to the things that I, I have noticed about myself and wanted to work on them passionately from a place of love. And that's when I had this epiphany where I was like, happiness and success is an inside job. It's genuinely what you need to to constantly discover about yourself, to be able to live out a life that is on your terms and as a way that life is happening for you and not to you. And so I think that moment is when I, I figured that, you know, we're so deeply conditioned to cater to our families, to our parents, our friends, our spouses, our partners, our siblings, but we're never really conditioned in a... Um, you know, an educational, like even in a school or in life to recognize that first and foremost, you are the, the living person to, to cater to, like you need to show up to get to know you. And so I, I felt that I would want to bring that, bring that platform that is meeting everyone where they are today and allowing them this space where you can spend just five minutes to check in with yourself before you check in with the world. So I think it was really that moment when I I felt this sense of like contentment and I was like, where is it coming from? And I think I, I recognize that it's so deeply an inside job and that's what it is. We're all so unique. We all have a unique blueprint, a unique DNA and everything that's given to us is just a framework. So we should take it as a framework and not as a Bible, like you have to do, do it to the T, check it off to the T. And after, after you see the framework, you basically start working on checking in with yourself that what about it is exciting for you and what doesn't fit for you and you navigate life from inside out. And I think that's why I felt that, no, I mean, I want to, I want to take this learning and I want to build a solution that I can offer to high achieving women like you and me who are trying to outsmart burnout and you know, live a full life, thrive. Yeah, that's um, in, in this uh, world, it's not easy to, or I would say it's easy actually to lose connection with yourself um, because of, you know, the life, you know, in general, uh, because also because of social media, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, you can lose yourself in looking at others' lives 
through social media, um, but also the rhythm of where we live. I mean, today I'm not sure how it is, you know, in the rest of the world, but I know that in Dubai is so fast paced. Um, that in the snap, you know, I mean, we are Monday and in snap will be Sunday or the week after or will be January. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's true that, you know, it's good to reconnect with yourself and trying to do it on a daily basis. When I say try, because it should not be like a must, it should be like a pleasure yeah. to be with yourself at some point of the day in the morning, in the in the evening or during the day, whenever, you know, you feel you feel like um absolutely you 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 talked about uh, indeed you know a bit of your of your burnout but uh, i i would love that you share a bit more what you experienced uh, through your burnout how did you realize you had a burnout because again talking with different people who have had a burnout unfortunately it um express it translates in different ways for each person. So in my case, you know, I, I would say that uh, perhaps it, not perhaps, but it was probably something that was culminating over the years from a very young age, just you know, different circumstances in my life that was leading me to a place where I was, I think, navigating life, uh, like carrying all these invisible bags of, uh, you know, trying to prove myself that I'm capable of anything, even despite being a woman, I'm capable of anything that is me being, um, you know, going to an engineering school, working in an oil and gas industry, trying to climb up the corporate ladder. So there is there was that one uh, self-taken burden that I had from given the family that I was born into and the patriarchal influences, particularly on my dad's uh, parent parents' side. I would also say, you know, that you're constantly feeling like if you were not perfect and you did not do enough and you didn't constantly succeed, then on some level, I was not just letting myself down, but I was letting my parents down and I was letting those people who supported me to be able to dream and desire to be anyone I wanted, like to be human first and to get a full chance at life because I was constantly reminded in the circumstances that I was brought up in that I am a woman and women don't need to aspire and be as ambitious as men are. But I didn't recognize these things as heavy weights, like this guilt and shame and fear and fear of failure or feeling like an imposter at times when I've aspired for bigger things. Uh, or that, you know, uh, if I was too ambitious, no man would want to be with me, would want to marry me. Like these were things I was told so often throughout my entire life. And I, the time, the period that I started to notice, which was in 2018, that I noticed that I was a bit off. And I do recognize it was a buildup from many years, but I, I think I was so in the autopilot that I never actually, I just thought it's my personality. But I have always been called since I was very young, someone who's angry, someone who gets 
angry a lot. And I just never understood why I was angry or why I would react with anger as my defense. And in this year, like 2018, I noticed that my anger just, it went to the next level where it wouldn't take much for me to be on the edge. And I wasn't able to have like a sane a conversation without feeling irritated. And then I noticed these little things, you know, like I love having my morning coffee or green tea and I, I would have caffeine and when I'm in the office, like I would feel, start to feel dizzy the minute I would get up and walk. And I just decided, oh, okay, I think, you know, caffeine is not working for me, so I'm just going to avoid it. And then I, I had this, you know, series of like self conversations where I was like, no matter how much I rest, no matter how much I sleep, I just feel the sense of fatigue. It wasn't even tiredness. It was like something was weighing me down. I was just feeling like, I don't have the energy to make decisions, to have conversations. And at that point in time, I was also, uh, I had taken on a new role. I transferred to a new country. I was uh, doing a little bit of long distance with my uh, husband. And I was trying to also play mediator for my parents who were just trying to get into retirement. And I sort of didn't recognize that all those things were adding on to my already feeling agitated and fatigued state and I noticed that I started to fall physically ill and I was still not willing to to see it so I was just going to the doctor taking the necessary medication and all of that but in general I am quite an extrovertish I call myself an ambivert because I do like hanging out with people and I also like spending time with myself but I just didn't want to meet people at all. Like I felt like I was becoming recluse and I had a, a team that I was managing with like some 50, 55 people. And I sort of had to, you know, build this energy to, to interact. And then I would come home and instantly feel like I needed to sleep. I think that behavior of mine becoming recluse was when I felt that I don't really recognize myself anymore. Like I I'm not able to feel like me and I I don't uh, I don't connect with this suchi and I didn't understand what was going on and that progressed into a lot of cynicism so the environments that I love being in the, the the things that excited me the 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 job that I was doing the the sort of this this uh, drive that I had in life like I just felt I became cynical about everything and I had a lot of these existential questions and that somehow I noticed was transferring into physical illness. Like I would constantly have eye infections or I would secrete a lot of like, um, you know, mucus in the night when I would go to bed and I kind of developed the flu constantly. And then I had like pain in my back, which I couldn't understand or justify. So it was, I would say a sequence of physical illnesses. That is when I decided that something is is really not is not functioning right and I generally have great immunity so I don't even I couldn't understand why I wasn't uh, physically able to sustain myself so I sorry uh, Suchi just to go back to what you were saying on uh, the fact that you know you moved to a new country so you you were based in Houston at the time no, so I moved from Houston to a city in India called Pune. 
Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you were based in Houston, then and then you moved to um, uh, Pune. Yes. Right. Exactly. Um, and of what I remember from our conversation is indeed you were managing, you know, a huge team, like 50 people, you know, it's, it's something. Um, and, uh, and you still had, I mean, your, um, your manager was based in Houston. So yes. you had this time difference where you had to match the team locally, but then still probably connect not to some calls uh, with Houston, probably very early in the morning or late uh, in the evening. Yes, because, you know, the role was a global role. So, in fact, I was managing projects between KL all the way to, to North America. So I would start the day, like, say, 5 a.m. and I would wrap up by around 1 a.m. And I somehow I I also used that as a good excuse to get over my my problems. I'd be like, you know, I'm just it's just I'm just having a tired day today. It's fine. Like, let's just get back to work and go harder so I was kind of using that uh, really probably unhealthy work balance that I had created for myself to kind of snap out of this you know burnout that was becoming but I didn't I never actually related to the fact that I was burning out so these uh, this this crazy work schedule became a great excuse for me to go harder to push myself even more because I was like I don't I don't want to indulge in this feeling of exhaustion and for some reason Laura I had a lot of I don't know shame or guilt with what am I feeling fatigued for like I would keep asking myself because anytime I would speak about it outside I found that the way people reacted would be like, you just need a vacation or you just need like a, a good weekend of rest because, you know, it's been hectic or the job is hectic. And so I didn't, I didn't have any other understanding besides the fact that there was just something off with me. And so I, I tried to, you know, basically d sort of not allow for my feelings or my intuition to be listened to. I just wanted to go deeper into autopilot and just immerse myself in work so I don't have to pay attention to these feelings. Another question. I mean, were there or was there anyone asking you to do those long hours or pushing you to work so hard? Not... I would not say anyone specifically was doing that to me. I I would say that, you know, I think it's uh, like I, I used to, I would say off late, I've stopped wanting to call myself a perfectionist. But I have always been a perfectionist in a beautiful combination of being an overthinker, which I think is like two really bad people to come together in a relationship. But I I know that it's inbuilt and I I kind of want to do more and I would push myself to do more just because there is this inbuilt intention to want to overdo excel or you know want to build something that is beyond what I think I want to do and so I I feel it it came from that it came from that need to never ever be in a position where I, I I'm told I'm not done enough or I've not you know, delivered what was promised or what was agreed. So I just wanted to always do more and I always wanted to be the best and I always wanted to be 
kind of you know fighting for that spot of having built something different built something uh, par excellence and I think that what is an inbuilt thing no one actually asked me it was just something that I've driven myself into and that also meant that there was no room for me to to take rest because rest was not for people who are trying to be high achieving perfectionists like there's no room to rest it's just it's not the right thing to do it's not productive it means you've somehow failed um when you moved to Pune was it a promotion yes okay and and did you did you feel that you know this um uh imposter syndrome at the time like oh okay so they sent me to Pune now I have a global role I need to manage like from Kel and Kel is for Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia to uh, Houston I need to show my best etc etc to to be honest Laura every single promotion that I've had in Slumberjay like I the first six months I definitely carry the imposter you know, if I would give this person a name, I carry this persona with me just by the side. It's just walking with me, talking to me all the time. And in this particular role, I was entering a geo market that I had not been, I had not worked in before. And it was also about building a, a center of excellence in technology around advanced analytics. So we're also building a team that was a sort of an internal space of excellence for AI and machine learning, data science. And so I found that almost every single day being like literally the only woman who was a senior, senior leader in tech in that office was already constantly giving me this, this um, sense of imposter that will I be able to do it? Will I do a good job? Will I be able to uh, demonstrate that I'm capable and will we be able to execute on our objectives? And the only thing I've developed over the years is to not give in to that voice. Because I think in the beginning, I used to sort of believe it and play small. But over the years, I started to recognize that it comes with me, but I'm I'm still going to to do whatever I have to do every single day. It's just it just it's just that it's heavy and it you know weighs you down or it it gets you to be a bit um, nervous and maybe pushes me even harder to to kind of do this this uh, you know behavior of overthinking and overanalyzing and being a perfectionist. But I've learned to say that it it is a part and parcel, but I'm just going to convert it and and do what I have to do anyway. So I I I genuinely think that it it's just never left me. If anything, I've just managed to tame it, tame the voice down. That's it. So just to go back about what you said um, regarding the the burnout and your experience. Um, for you, it was more like a build up over yes. the years from a probably a very young age. Yes. Uh, and um, it kind of declared when you were in Pune in this new position. And physically, this was a lot of illness, like eye infection, uh, the flu. Um, and yeah you know it's i think it's very um 
any inness that we declare means something means something that you know we're not able to express and uh, and what i find uh, quite interesting is like the eye infection i mean i would take it as you are not seeing what you should see like basically you are blinding yourself uh, in front of what you know you should be able to see and confront conf confront Yes. Um, I mean, this would be my interpretation, you know, of, um, of having a eye infection. And, um, and, and that's true that, you know, some people, um, while having a burnout or after, um, they, they, their body is expressing, you know, different things. Um, I, I know that, you know, for, in my experience, it was, um like for me i couldn't see anything on the screen whatever was on the screen like at work it was everything was blurred i could read an email 10 times it would take me like an hour just to write the answer um when i was working on the excel spreadsheet i would not understand a thing about the figures all my formulas you know, were wrong it was an awful you know, um, uh, moment, and um, and I think that physically, it for me, it translated into um, it was very strange, but into feeling something in around my stomach mm -hmm. without really declare being or, or getting declared. I would say, but strongly, deeply, I felt that something wrong was happening or was being created within me and what I feel was leading to a cancer I mean that's only my interpretation but I've never had any cancer it's nothing yeah. but I just felt that something was really wrong inside me um and yeah like obviously you know I was not sleeping well I was shaking all the time I was also super tired um some some of the same symptoms you know that uh, that you've been through um you said as well that you took a sabbatical um yeah. how long how long was it and what did you do during this time so i i took effectively i took a year off and in uh, slumberger they have this um this i would say it's almost it's like a a lovely benefit that after you complete a certain set of years of seniority, you can take a leave of absence. And so I initially took it as just four months because I felt like it was one of those really difficult decisions for me to make having been like since I, I know since I graduated, I've been working. And so I didn't know what life is like without waking up to go to a job. And I took the four months just around Christmas. I started around like New Year's and Christmas. So in the beginning, it felt fantastic. Like, oh yes, you know, I, I needed some time off. I was trying to sleep. It was festive. Everything was wonderful around me. And then I think only when it became like around middle of Jan, I started to notice that, you know, every single day that I woke up, I, to be honest, I think the word was, I felt worthless. I just felt like I had, no purpose, no drive, um, you know, nobody is looking for me. I used to keep 
complaining about how my outlook calendar is just so messed up where people book meetings on top of meetings and they don't even check to see that you can't split yourself into three people at the same hour and stuff like that and suddenly here I was with no agenda no objectives no team no goals nothing to run towards and how, it, how so, sorry how did you feel about that like from a day where you were like super busy working you know across the world uh doing um teams or, or zoom you know, with Kuala Lumpur being on calls all the time and uh you know important calls you know with managers with teams with your manager based in Houston um from like a day like the next day you woke up and it was like empty calendar not yeah. receiving like hundreds of emails per day not going to maybe unnecessary meetings or calls um what what did you feel you know i i felt i felt many things but i think they all translated into lack of self worth like i actually felt that i was nothing without my job I found that it showed in everything, like in in the sense of like um, purpose, in the sense of how I was talking to people to introduce myself. As I was like, you know what? I needed to describe what I do and say that I'm in a sabbatical right now. I couldn't just say, oh, I'm taking some time off. I had to bring that to define who I am, to give myself an identity. And in a course of time, I noticed that. I actually don't have any self-worth or value without a job title and a salary. Like if I don't have to, if I cannot tell you that, uh, Laura, this is what I do. And if I, I'm not getting a, a hefty pay packet, I just, I am no one. I'm, I'm really not worth anything. So my entire self-worth is attached to this job title and this pay packet that Slumberjay was giving me and this is what I strongly recognized in in the in the second month where it hit me full on that I have you know I have no identity without this job and to tell you yes sorry go ahead this is this is so interesting uh that you say that that um some people and I've been this and I think that even now you know when I'm presenting myself I always say of course you know, I'm a, I'm a, my profession today well actually you know I have three hats you know I'm a, a pro makeup artist I'm a beauty editor and I'm a podcaster but then there's always in the back of my mind and I'm an ex-HR director mm -hmm. <laughs> I used to be an HR director which like you know that the past no i mean that's it you know i mean uh it's uh yeah it's 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 very much uh, to do with um the importance mm -hmm. that we give to others about our own image yes yes you know lord like there is this i don't know if you've heard of this quote by this guy called charles cooley 
you know, he says, he says that um, I'm not what I think I am. I'm not what I you I'm not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. So honestly, it's just a perception of a perception. And I think the way we give weight to having to add that, that past title that we think is the only thing that the receiver would, you know, validate and then recognize that you're worth listening to is honestly a perception of a perception. Like we, it's us who is carrying that and allowing for it to be more and more validated that way, right? But I I think until I had that experience of recognizing that I was nothing without this job, I would have never realized, I would have never realized that it had um, like all the, all the definition of who I am and what I'm capable of doing and what I'm worth was associated to something outside of me and not within me yeah yeah that's that's so true and it's so important to recognize and realize our own value yes um with or without a job to be honest yeah. i mean and to be proud about uh proud to to about what you know we do uh, yes. with our life you know um for anything that uh, that we do um, during this sabbatical, I mean, knowing that you were like, you know, a super busy woman, um, how, I mean, did, didn't you get a bit like cuckoo, you know, doing nothing or just thinking about yourself or like, because it's a big change. Huge change. Yes. Oh, it's a huge change. I want to, I want to tell you uh, two parts to this answer like I definitely like after the first month that I thought I made the bestest decision the second month on it was cuckoo all the way and it was very dark like this cuckoo was in a very dark place you know and I I had every single day I started to question if I did the right thing like I there was this craving to go back when when you say uh during this cuckoo period yes. uh, it was dark how dark was it? I mean, yes. So, you know, the dar darkness was to the extent where I would wake up and I, I just couldn't see anything around me for what it was. I, I had zero appreciation for waking up. Let's put it that way. I had no appreciation for, you know, whatever was beautiful outside. Uh, I had no appreciation for my partner being so supportive of me going on this journey I had no appreciation for Slumberjay that stood up and, you know, I said, if for 15 years I've given my heart and soul and blood, if now they're, if it's time for them to step up for me, now is the time. And I wasn't taking a moment to be appreciative of that. And I was going in this circle of cynicism, you know, like everything was looking uh, kind of like not literally not appreciative there was nothing that I was able to find joy in or purpose or meaning or appreciate I think I just had this undertone of cynicism with everything and it it was for me it was for everyone outside of me and it was for the world in general that I just was carrying this heavy undertone of uh, 
you know, breaking everything down, feeling like everything is a disaster, nothing makes sense. And, you know, whatever I was trying to do also felt meaningless. So I just had this very deep rooted cynicism as a main character energy for me. And I, I felt that somehow I couldn't see anything for what it was. Like, I, I just felt like there was this gray, black overcast on everything that I was generally seeing every day. What did you do or did you have a moment, a specific moment where you, you woke up yes. from this dark moment, cynicism, yes. uh, and say, that's it? I mean, yes. how, what happened to you to go from like very dark to the, or getting out from this dark tunnel? Yes. So actually it was two, two different events, but they happened in the same week. And I think that's when I had this click. So the first was uh, one of my mentors at Slumberjay. I, I just was having a conversation with him because I was sort of giving into this, I don't know, like a saboteur, you know, like a sabotaging voice inside my head. And he said, you know, you don't have to worry. Like I have an offer waiting for you. You have to move to the UK. It's going to pan out in the next, like say four weeks, you will be back to who you were, etc. And I got super excited in the conversation and I went with the flow and I thought, this is it, like enough of this sabbatical and feeling unwell and burnout. Like probably I just need to immerse myself in work. So and I had this so, sorry, and this was how, how many or how long after you had the break like or you started the sabbatical? Literally maybe a month, like maybe a month and a few days, like say a month. And the conversation was so high energy and pumped. But the minute I ended the conversation, something did not feel right. Like I just... I felt like I'd let myself down and I couldn't explain the emotion, but it was so, so strong and from inside that I just knew that I did something wrong. And I took some time to think about it. And I felt there was this voice of like, uh, more like a guilt that, wow, like I've had a conversation with someone who is really senior, who's a mentor of mine, and I'm just going to go and reverse that conversation so there's a lot of that shame and fear that was coming in but this feeling from inside that this is not the right thing to do and this was a space for you to understand why you fell sick why you got burned out what was it that led me to a place where I couldn't even show up for me and so I took the whole day and the next day believe it or not I scheduled another meeting telling myself that I am going to come just from a place of love for this feeling. And I'm not going to give in to the fear and judgment and all of that, which I have never done for myself. I've never taken a move like that. I felt like that move meant that I could jeopardize all the credibility that I had built. But I went ahead and I sent the email and I had this meeting to explain that I don't think it's what I should be doing. And it felt so right that something was waking up in me that I didn't, I couldn't understand it properly, but something was just switching on saying, this is the right thing to have done. So I decided that week that, okay, I, I, I should stay on the sabbatical. So that was the first part that now if I'm on the sabbatical, I have to make the sabbatical work for me. And 
I have to understand what it is that I am wanting to do. Is it just to sleep and, and take a vacation or do I really want to discover deeper that what happened? And then a few days later, I went to this yoga studio and I've been doing yoga for a really long time. And I've been reading this stuff at yoga studios all the time, but I somehow read what was written on the wall for the first time, you know, with full intention. And it said that if something to the extent that if you are grateful to the universe, the universe doesn't know any other way but to be grateful back. And I generally would have just read it and taken it out, but it hit something, you know, it hit a nerve for me, Alor. And I carried that and I went home and I decided that now that I've decided to stay on the sabbatical, I made a bold move to accept taking an offer and reversing that decision, I'm going to write every single day onto the universe, specifically about each day, three things that I'm grateful for. And I started with something as simple as that to say, if I am doing this for me, I want to first and foremost, learn to see the things in my day that are basically sparking joy for me that are working in my favor that I'm insanely grateful for and I began this like basic journal but nothing fancy I just took a basic empty book and I told myself whatever happens in the day I will not go to bed without writing three specific things about the day that I'm grateful for and I started to simultaneously also read about why gratitude makes sense and this was my turning point, you know, because I, I was showing up for something that was opposite of how I was feeling. I was willing to commit to an exercise that was the opposite of all the energy that I was carrying, which was super cynical and dark. And when I could do that, I feel that's when I knew I'm on to something like this is the journey that I need to take. Going back to your burnout and how it was diagnosed, first know when we uh, when we had this um, first chat to to prepare uh, this episode, um, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know. Yes, of course, I knew, but I've never, I would say, consciously realized that we could diagnose a burnout. How? How did that happen to you? How were you diagnosed? Um, uh, you went to see a doctor, but what did she say or he? Um... Yeah. So, you know, I, uh, because of the consistent illness and, and like you've said so beautifully that, you know, a lot of it was focused on my eyes, like around the eyes. And I do think there was a deeper message there that I was just not seeing clearly and not allowing my intuition to be respected. I, I clearly see that now. Then I had no such, I, I didn't even have the ability to think in that space. But I went for, I decided to do a full body check because I just, I was trying to find the root cause as to why I'm constantly falling ill. And all of my, uh, you know, vital stats and everything that we were, that we had checked, everything came back great. Like there was nothing to, nothing to worry about or nothing to work on. And I knew that I'm not myself. I'm not feeling like me at all. So I had a conversation around the fatigue 
more than anything else, I, I did have a conversation with the doctor then on how I feel tired all the time. And it's not like a, you know, tired from doing something. It's just this fatigue, sense of exhaustion. And she recommended that I should do a, a full-blown, like a hormone panel check. You know, it, it gave her the, like, a, like a, a, I guess, a data point for her to say, you know what, I think we need to look into your blood work, but to do a detailed hormone panel check. And so I decided, you know, anything, anything that would give me some answers, why not? And I went ahead and I did it. And my cortisol levels were ex just extremely abnormal. They were, I think, way higher than they should have been. And they definitely set like an alarm for her to ask me to do a 24-hour cortisol check just to see how it fluctuated in my body. And I think it became the clearest indicator to say that I am a living in a fight or flight mode. Basically, the body is functioning on a survival mode and is not interested in this moment to make decisions and to function 100% and allow for all the bodily functions to do what they have to do, which is why I think if I was trying to stress myself even a little bit, the body was showing it through physical illness uh, at in the in the body parts that were probably you know a little weaker than the others i think like say in my case if my eyes were being overstrained then it was trying to show through the body because i wasn't listening to the signs and, and it was sorry and your level of cortisol was very high yes was very and high what was the impact that the doctor explained you on yeah. on your body so you know it, she gave an analogy which was great where she was saying that you know cortisol is a great is a great stress regulator in the body but when you are when it is abnormally being produced in the body it just means that there's a lot of inflammation because the body is trying to combat some sort of a stress situation that doesn't even exist anymore it's just gone into this behavior that you know I'm I'm constantly feeling stressed if someone asked me can you just make a cup of coffee and if that's too much for you right now then it's basically acting like it's going under fight or flight which is why I think the anger and the cynicism and you know it didn't take much to be edgy and restless and all of that and then she gave a great analogy she said that you know the cortisol is a great stress regulator so it's like pulling a rubber band and it keeps producing in the body to help keep that elasticity but when you produce so much that it is not normal for the body to walk around with that much amount of cortisol it's like the rubber band just snapped and once it snaps it's lost its elasticity and now you need external help like you would need medication you would need um, you know uh, an outside mode to be able to help you feel balanced and so that was really what it came down to you know and, and and last time as you were speaking like the adrenal gland that we have it goes into an overdrive and you you have to make sure that you do the necessary you know mindfulness practices that work for you to be able to give yourself this balance of feeling grounded on a daily basis and so when it goes into this a space of overworking then it creates a feeling of fatigue because it doesn't want to function 
normally anymore. And that's really how she explained it to me, which you know allowed me to then understand that, okay, I I don't want this rubber band to snap. Like it's time that I I show up for me in the right way, you know. And and this is where you also started um your mindfulness uh, journey, uh, doing some gratitude many in the evening, um, and and led you to create inside and out. Yes, actually, very very true. Because one of the the biggest things that she did recommend post our um, consultation was to hire a coach, and a coach that was <clears throat> primarily uh, focused on life in general because. She was saying that, you know, a life coach goes into the various elements of the wheel of life that we call, like whether it's career or money or being in service or a spirituality or family or love or, you know, what aspect of your wheel that is applicable to everybody am I not paying attention to or am I over spending time on and so other aspects are feeling a bit imbalanced. So she was recommending that I go to a life coach. And to be very honest, I I'd never actually heard of a term or a profession of this kind. So I I was very uh, naive and I asked, Did you do you mean a therapist? And she said, No, they're very different functions. And I feel what you need is a, a life coach. So I took the information and I took a contact that she referred me uh, to reach out to. But I still went and booked myself for therapy because somehow I I just, uh, I wasn't convinced, I think. And I went to a few sessions and the therapist herself was like, you, you don't actually need therapy, you need a coach. And so I, I decided to ask her deeper that what is the difference and what does a coach really do? And then I, I think it sparked curiosity when you know, the the therapist, particularly the psychologist, she said that a coach is someone who is just helping you remove the noise in your head and ask you these great questions that allow you to, to be able to find the answers within so you can navigate your life in the direction that you want to. And right now, you look like you don't have clarity. You look like you, you're not sure what is your purpose. You are not sure why you got burned out like you don't know what how you navigated your life to lead to a burnout so the best way to really discover yourself is to go inward and when you don't know what to do a coach like you go like you like an athlete has a coach like someone in business has a coach you hire someone to allow you to just tame the noise and look inward and I liked that definition I thought it was very powerful and so I started to Google and read more and more about it. And then, you know, I had this very vain moment where I read, I think in Forbes or Fast Company that Jeff Bezos had just hired an anger management coach. And I was like, if he needs a coach, then what am I waiting for? And so I just went ahead and decided to call the contact that the doctor had referred to me and probably one of the bestest decisions I made in my life. How did that help you? What, um, I mean, can you like in a nutshell explain us, you know, maybe like the different steps you went through and uh, how did that help you to go back on track? Yes. 
you know, in terms of like steps, what I would say is the, the primary, primary purpose of through the coaching was first and foremost to set what was my intention that what am I trying to achieve? And I think for me to say that clearly itself was a, a great exercise of fear and fun because I, I felt like I don't know what I really want to achieve with these sessions, but I also realized that I should want to know. So I should go deeper, sit quiet and, you know, have like embrace my solitude and think about it, that what is it that I wish to achieve in the, through these sessions I also love the fact that uh, she very clearly put out that it's a 90 day commitment and it's a means to an end. So you're not, we're not going into this endless journey of sessions after sessions. We're trying to get to a certain set of goals that you would define and I would agree. And we will constantly do an inventory check to see, are we headed in the right direction? That was very like, very empowering for me because I felt that I like to know that we're on a, I, I generally like to problem solve. I am a bit analytical and it was like, we're on a project, Project Suchi. And so there was this, you know, full blown, like a satisfaction to saying we're going to have a plan based on the goals that I will say, and she will agree to. But through the journey, if I was to say in simple uh, ways, Laura, I think it was like unpacking me like, like an onion, you know, like layers of me like an onion. And I didn't know that a lot of how I behaved and a lot of what I um, sort of did in my life, sorry, that they came with, you know, um, a lot of impacts from society, culture, my upbringing, uh, things that I'd heard as a child that, um, excuse me. Have a bit of, uh, of your matcha. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize that, you know, the things that we sort of listen to as kids, <clears throat> like a very simple example if you know you're always hearing in your house that uh, when people have too much money that there's always something is wrong there's something is off you know in their life like I would hear that all the time and I always aspired to be financially abundant but I always had this fear that you know how much is too much because I don't want to be I don't want to reach that place where then something is off about me <clears throat> and just unpacking that a lot of those behaviors. Another another drink of uh, of matcha. <laughs> I'm making you speak too much today. <laughs> I took too much today. <laughs> Do you feel better? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I think it went into the windpipe. Have, have have another sip. Have another sip. It's okay. <laughs> you will not hear uh, Suchi like just coughing, but I can see her. <laughs> Stay with us, please. We still need you for today. <laughs> and people need you. <laughs> My God. Yeah. It's okay. Um, there you go. <clears throat> what was that? 
And you're macho to the rescue. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, so I, <clears throat> coming back to why the coaching was, in a nutshell, why it was really such a game changer for me was just to be able to, I think, <clears throat> go inward and discover that there was so many uh, triggers that I've had in my life or things that have kept me a little bit small or limited me or that even <clears throat> to unpack that you know you're so much more than just your job and your salary like your job title and your salary so what is all that so much more what are your values and what do you stand for and so even if I remove this job from Suchi and I now make her an entrepreneur and then I remove that and then I make her a philanthropist or whatever all of this is me and it comes from this you know fountain of resourcefulness that's inside of me and I think to to tap into that to discover that to unpack that to then unlearn the things that didn't serve me and to reframe some of that to basically fuel me and empower me it it felt as simple as falling in love with yourself right and falling in love with all of you like the things that you are know you know are work in progress and the things that you actually should always celebrate like like as for example in the beginning when we started Laura I said I think empathy is one of my strong suits that I have also deployed a lot in my leadership and it's made me <clears throat> like it's almost been like a superpower but the industry and the world that I've known then to operate in I I used to dumb it down a lot I felt it's a sign of weakness and it's something that I don't want to show and I don't want to celebrate but this journey allowed me to see that we are all unique and to want to discover your unique blueprint then to impact whatever your world may be is the entire world or is just your family to impact in that meaningful sense, that is the essence of life. Yeah, to go to go back uh, into uh, what you were saying and also to dive into inside and out. Um, I'm sure that, you know, in your journey to recover from your burnout, you know, you've learned so much, you know, there are things that you've taken, you know, from, from this into um into what you're building today how um, when was the first time when you said that's it I'm going to do something about my own experience and in a way helping others to feel better uh, maybe about themselves through mental fitness so <clears throat> it's a little story I'm just going to tell you because it was I think I know exactly the moment I decided <clears throat> so I was I went to Bali for this birthday of mine and I decided it was also the kind of like we were wrapping up my coaching session so we we're reaching the very end of one of these <clears throat> exercises that I had towards the end and this particular birthday, I decided that I'm going to ask my closest circle, like my tribe, that 
I don't want anything material or any gifts, but I do want each one of you to send me a video on how I have inspired or impacted your life. And <clears throat> I felt that it was super awkward to do that, but I did it anyway, because through the journey of coaching, I just, I think, started to embrace more and more wanting to know me, wanting to discover me, wanting to embrace me and letting go of this perfectionism and fear of failure and judgment and all of that. So I sent it to my entire circle. <clears throat> and for the first part that blew my mind was every single person sent a video. And then the second part that blew my mind was the things that people said that I felt I was just discovering in the last 90 days, but people had seen a lot of that in me all the time. And I think it got me to be so like emotional, feel seen. And at the same time, this sense of like, I don't know, fulfillment or like happiness that I, I decided that, no, this journey, this mental fitness space, providing a platform and a tool, I have to do it. So this is when uh, you make the decision or you had your haha moment um, in, uh, in creating the app. Yes, because I... <clears throat> I think I went through this feeling of feeling so full and feeling so seen that I realized that <clears throat> I think if every single person would create a mainstream lifestyle for themselves, like you go to the gym for your body, you also spend that little time to flex your mind for just yourself. <clears throat> you actually live a life where it feels like you're the driver of your life. Mm. that life is happening for you and not to you yeah and you know like that Rumi's quote which I love which now I feel makes so much sense that you just behave like everything in life is rigged in your favor yeah yeah and I think you can do that when you sit down on a daily basis even spend five minutes but you say you know what I need to spend these five minutes to connect with me and whatever that form of connection might mean and so I, I felt in that moment that this entire journey just culminated with that one exercise of asking my, my really close circle to show up for me and to say, what do they see in me that is inspiring or impactful? And I just felt that, no, I, I have to give back. I have to take this pain and convert it into a purpose and build a world that's better than the one I found where looking inward is a mainstream lifestyle. Um, so can you share more about the app? Um, uh, you told me in our previous chat that there were different levels. Um, how did you, and before going into levels, but how did you build the app? You know, uh, what are the elements that we will be able to see in the app? And by the way, it's not launched yet, right? No. So that's why I guess I, I'll, I'll say, say something that I'll keep it brief because it's still not, not yet ready for launch. When, but, when, uh, when do you think it's going to be launched? I'm looking at 
H1, end of H1 of 2023. Okay. So the, 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 the sort of experience in the app, if I was to give you a great... Sorry, for people like H1 mean the first oh, half of the year, it's very corporate, you know, I was like, even me, I was like, okay, H, 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 yes, half year. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you for that. <laughs> the first half, the end of the first half of the next year. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, to give, give you a simple um, idea of what the app would have is just, it's like when you go to the gym, you have a variety of tools or when you choose a workout, you have different styles. Like you go to yoga, you want to swim, you want to do weight training, you want to box, do boxing, etc. So there's variety of how we show up for our physical body. That's the, the primary thing is to have a variety of how you show up for your mind. So it's like a daily gym, but for your mind. And the reason I chose a variety of tools is just primarily because my journey has been like that. And I find that there are moments, consistency is what I supremely value, but there are moments I want to do something else. Like I, I like starting my day every day with say a certain routine and I, I like going through a guided meditation, but sometimes I want to journal in the morning and sometimes I want to journal end of the day. And I want to give that flexibility that I feel is the journey that I had. And I like, like you said sometime earlier during our uh, conversation, that I also don't want to put the pressure that you have to do ta -ta 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 before you can actually get to this place of feeling uh, sort of embracing this time alone with yourself or solitude being a superpower in itself. So I want to give the variety and I only want to give this this platform to be consistent that's really my my key um mission is that you have a place to be consistent which is what i feel is is the game changer and in terms of levels so let's say we're working off certain categories that that are like say let me take a category like self uh, self healing you know, that the word healing is a bit like complicated, but just suppose you were to work off your own, um, you know, triggers that you wanted to sort of uh, individually address and do a bit of guided meditation, maybe some breath work and release that process or journey. I want to break it into levels so that it's not overwhelming. It's super simple, but at the same time, it's fun because we all like playing a little bit of a game. We like competing but we're competing with ourselves which is nice and you get to compare yourself to yourself so you're always watching yourself be better than you were the day before so I want to bring those elements of gaming and a little bit of um, comparison but comparing to want to be better than you were so the only person you actually should be wanting to compare yourself with is you and you versus you yesterday that is I think the bestest way to, to to be able to live a life that's full and at the same time very deserving of what you want to achieve in life so that's what I want to do with the levels it's just you know not taking a subject like say healing or money or 
um, you know, stress and anxiety in the day and trying to simplify it by allowing you to unpack levels. And so you sort of go through the simpler steps and then you go into something more complex because, you know, I like to steal that Mac slogan that says, once you go Mac, you cannot go back. That if I can meet you. This is so true. This is so so true. true. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) So I'm like, you know what? I need to take off that and say that if I can meet you where you are today by giving you a, a, a platform that allows you to just be consistent with no pressure, no nothing. And then you start level zero. Once you start seeing the shift, you can't go back. Like you want to go to level one and then to level two. Cause once you start discovering yourself, you just, you don't stop. You just want to, you become kind of, you know, I want to take the word obsessed and make it a good word. Like you get obsessed with discovering you studying you understanding you and like unleashing the powerful you you know so I would like that I would like that yeah we're in that space it says once you go inward you can only go upward like you you just cannot give up on that journey because the shift is so real it's so tangible but that's really what I want to do you know the 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 experience of going to a physical gym but for your mind and then giving a little bit of the you know fun element because we all need to like remember to be playful forever like celebrate that inner child in us and have that sense of comparison with just yourself just be better than you were yesterday uh i have a couple of questions obviously uh the first one is or maybe three actually um so the first one is, um, so y- you building this application based on the on the journey that you have been through yourself and the different uh, experience as well that uh, you've been through and maybe meeting different experts or professionals, right? Yes. Yes, that's correct. So <clears throat> I do want to like all of the 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 different categories within the gym, like say different styles of workout that will exist. I am collaborating with people that I have worked with and that have impacted me on this journey. And they have uh, how you say they 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 are the experts in this space. And so to bring that into the into the app to be able to offer this to the world is something that I I want to do it that way I want I want to be able to take my story but to like take it to a level where I I'm genuinely passing on what I have experienced myself so I've actually walked the walk and I want to this is how I want to do it if you can share a bit more I mean what kind of professional you know um will it be will we be able to find so you would find uh say uh if it's like coaching in the space of coaching you would find someone who's say specifically working with like money as a as a more as a mindset shift to be able to attract abundance if it's a healing you would actually find this that all that they do is they're healers and so they hold like say retreats and they have their own center of excellence where they're trying to release people from the emotional traumas or experiences that keep you small and you go on this journey to be able to to liberate yourself from 
those experiences defining you and then to be able to live life purposefully to be able to discover your purpose after you have healed from the 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 little or the big emotional traumas that hold you because i think there are no little traumas i feel like each one of us what has impacted us emotionally is traumatic for us but to be able to build that strong foundation of purpose on top of a healed um mind is extremely powerful so that would be healers and that's what they do you know and that would be that's how basically they spend their every single day in their life building and setting up retreats and conducting sessions where you're able to walk people through this journey and if it's uh, say for instance relationships then a coach who is focused in this space and if it's um, something a little bit more uh, around stress and anxiety than a psychologist who also talks about breath work but in the space of do the things the little things that you could do in the day to be able to just center yourself so maybe i should say a combination of like coaches and psychologists and healers this would be the profession professions that you know you they would have in um in terms of background to be able to say who are these people and what what where do they come from when we talk about um physical body fitness it is very easy to see the progress either uh and again no we could discuss about how you know we see the progress to be very honest but either you would sit on the weight scale or you would see like measuring uh, some part of your body to see if you have grown your muscles or just in the mirror taking a picture maybe once a week and to see the progress how will we be able or how will people be able to see the progress um, in addition to obviously going from a level to another but have you thought about the mechanism to see okay so on day one I was in that state of mind and in day 30 I'm I don't know. I just feel more myself. I understand what's going on. I'm calmer. I'm less uh, anxious. I'm able to interact more with people. I'm less on my phone. You know, this this kind of thing. I don't know how you thought about it. Yes. You know, so in terms of how the individual would feel, Lord, there are so many, um, like a lot of the stuff that you already pointed out. I feel like you will, you notice the shift for yourself, it is not possible to ignore how you have suddenly, your mind switches from being in a fixed place to being in a growth place where I literally, if I was to say in a simple line, like if something is hard because life is still going to be ups and downs and difficult moments and amazing moments, that is not going to change. But how you, how you address it, how you handle it, how you manage it, that's where the shift comes. The shift comes where you decide to take a difficult circumstance and say, okay, what is this teaching me? How am I going to grow through this? Why is this happening? I mean, what is, what is the, you know, what is the message for me versus how we would typically be in autopilot is that why, why do these things always happen to me? And, you know, it's always me and 
and I am always attracting bad luck or I'm always in a victim mode because it's just difficult moments are just basically drawing you, sucking you out and bringing you down. But I feel the shift comes from that where you know that you are, you are the driver of your life and everything that is happening is happening for you. And so even when it's difficult moments, you learn to grow through what you go through. And you also know, even though you don't feel it in that moment, that there is a deeper lesson that is meant for you. You are meant to be way bigger than you already are. That's why something is pushing you to an uncomfortable zone for you to go deeper. But in the app, if I was to find a way to, to be able to show someone that they are actually doing such phenomenal work and they're showing up for themselves and there is a significant difference that they should already be experiencing by showing up for say 21 days or science says you know 66 days of consistency and then there's a new neural pathway built in your brain I every single day I would like to collect like an emotional um, you know calibrator of how you're feeling today and I would like to use that how you're feeling today and how often you show up and spend time on the app as a combination to show you how you're shifting. Because the more you show up, that's when you're going to experience the change. And the more you do show up, you every day would also show how you're feeling. And so over a period of 30 days, I can show you a range of how your emotions have varied or then stabilized or started to elevate. And then over a period of 60 days, it's going to be even more evident. And over a period of 90 days, you're just, you're, I feel like a version 1.0 will be born. You know, you will not just be the same anymore. You know, this reminds me of an application that I use uh, for my cycle, my hormonal cycle, and it's called MyFlow. And basically okay. on a daily basis, if you want, you can check on the symptoms um, that you're seeing. So this would be if you're tired, if you're bloated, if you have an insomnia, if um, you're spotting, if, uh, if uh, et cetera, et cetera. And basically based on these symptoms, they are giving you um, um, kind of remedies of how you could, um, how do you say, how you could change, you know, those symptoms into, uh, for you to feel better, uh, actually. Yeah. And when those symptoms are repetitive, basically they are telling you, okay, so then this is the cause, um, or they're telling you like the root cause, and this is what you should do to improve. So it's, it's more or less like, you know, the, the same of what, uh, of what you're sharing with us. Absolutely. Yes. And do you love using it? I mean, is this something you're really enjoying using? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, when I started my journey into balancing my hormones, I was using it like every every day because I needed to understand um, uh, when I was on my period, what were my symptoms? When I was on my um, um a follicular or a follicular uh, ovulation uh, phase or luteal phase, you know, what were the symptoms? 
Today, I'm able to understand more and not to check as much you know, on my app because I understand more what I have, like in terms of symptoms and how I need to deal with it. And I've been on this journey for um, nearly three years now, I think. Uh, but it took but it took me a year and a year and a half, nearly two years to really understand because it's a work in progress, you know, working on your hormones. And there's so many things that you need to change, you know, your diet, your uh, the way that you exercise, um, the sleep. And I think this is one thing that I'm not good at is having a good sleep. But <laughs> as I said, you know, it's a work in progress. But indeed, you know, I think the more you understand, the better you become. And it's like, you know, the, the mental, uh, mental health uh, or mental fitness is for the past um, uh, year and a half. So I've embarked myself into, uh, as you were doing, um, doing some gratitude journaling every day. Uh, some days you know, I've been better, some others I've been, you know, uh, not that um, present, you know, to do it. Um, but overall now I'm able to, do it most of the days in the morning, in the evening. And this is really helping me, like even when I had a bad day, to remind myself that even within this bad day, there were good things that happened. Yes. And oh my God, I have to just say this, Laura, that, you know, there is, because um, when I was able to see that I'm able to note that there were good things, even in a really bad day, uh, there is this professor called Laurie Santos, who is based out of Yale. And I think she's a, a neuroscientist. I may be wrong. I She's definitely uh, works on neuroscience. But um, she said that she noticed that all the youngsters at Yale, they were preparing for a semester exam and they looked completely stressed and anxious and, you know, sort of not enjoying the process at all. And so she had a talk with them and they all were like, no, we're just so worried. Like if we don't graduate properly with the right scores, we won't get the right job, et cetera, and all of that. And she felt this is so sad because this generation is walking into like a stress, stressful way of managing life when it's one of the best years or the best times of their life. And so she organized a course at Yale called the Science of Wellbeing. And she said that in the history of Yale University, that has been the most attended course ever. And in that, the reason I was sharing that with you was that in that they, you know, I wanted to go deeper into the science of why does gratitude work? And in that they explain so beautifully how, you know, this particular part in your brain called RAS or something, just to not go too technical, but basically you activate, like you, like you activate endorphins when you work out or the dopamine or oxytocin, like I call it like the dose of the dose, like dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. Like you activate that. It's the same that when you give someone, when you're in service of making someone happy, you actually release that hormone of joy that is in activated in this part of your brain for yourself. And the one who receives it, for them, I think it's supposed to be 1.5 times more because they are receiving something that has made them feel seen and made them feel like, wow, there, there is um, value to my existence. And so for me, that 
that understanding that gratitude is just an exercise we're doing, but what we're internally wiring in the brain is to keep passing the message that, oh my God, I'm so grateful for my life. I'm so grateful for my life because even in really difficult moments, there are nice things that are still coming our way and that are happening to us. And that is, you know, you can't beat science because if your brain can build a new neural pathway, whether you're 50 or 20 or 80 or 100, as long as you're alive and your heart is beating, it's magical. So I do think that the practice is, is way more than just wisdom. There's a huge amount of neuroscience as to why it works. In your opinion, what are uh, the key elements for a good mental fitness? Key elements. I'm not going to the tools, but I'll tell you the elements. I, I first, foremost, I, I would, from just watching myself, that one of the key elements is to show up for yourself. You, you actually look at you and you say, you matter, you're amazing, I love you, I will show up for you. And it's not as easy, Laura, it's really not easy. Like everyone listening, if you can go stand in front of the mirror and look at yourself and you say, I love me or I love you, like it is not an easy moment and not an easy thing for everyone to do. And if you can show up for you because you love you and you want to be able to to, to build and do the best that you can for yourself, I would say that's the first element to want to show up for you and to show up for you. The second element, which is a sub part to that is to show up even more committedly on days that you don't feel like it. Because I firmly believe that the days that you don't feel like working out or the days that you don't want to you feel like the life is sort of taking over or circumstances are overwhelming. Those are the days, even if you show up for five minutes, it bursts a little bit of the, the dose, the dopamine or the endorphins that disrupt your way of thinking and allow you to build better solutions. So you're not, you're not being toxically positive. You're just fusing good energy. So just show up on days where you feel like it's impossible because it's a bad day and I don't want to. What does it mean to show up for ourselves? So the simplest way I would say is if you have a commitment and you gave your word to showing up to a meeting or, or to a party or to, you know, um, I, I don't know, to a, to a date, like you, you don't skimp on it. You, you make sure you're there. You're there on time. You're there for the, the commitment that you've made to a person outside of you or to a circumstance outside of you. So when you make a commitment to yourself, it's on your calendar, it's non-negotiable, and you are there showing up. The person you're meeting is yourself. That's it. And I, and I also like this analogy, which I used a lot for myself in 2019 as I was working on, on myself and this journey because I was watching how hard it was to go inward that if you do not want to live up to the commitment you make to yourself, that you know what, I'm going to, let's say, take a simple example every day, I'm going to write a meditate, do a guided meditation for five minutes. But if you are not going to show up for you, then 
isn't that a representation of how you think people will also behave towards you because you are not valuing that that one commitment you've made with you and i think it it reflects across why should the universe hold their commitments with you why should people hold their commitments with you when you are not believing that you deserve to hold your commitment with yourself and i i also feel the same way that if you don't want to show up for you like you would for your date or your job or your children or your parents why should the universe show up for you and why should the people who matter to you show up for you everyone should get permission to not because you are giving yourself permission constantly so that's what i mean you know that you're as important as all the most important things in your life and people there's um one lady on youtube i can't remember her name honestly i will put like the link um into uh, into the the caption and as well when i will post on the stories uh, but basically she she is um saying affirmations so yeah. that is good you know for you to listen you know in the morning just to give like a boost of positivity um good energy to start the day and i've done it like a few times when i was not that well you know mentally speaking and it helped me so much indeed and basically she is asking you to talk to yourself in front of the mirror and as you said this is not something easy to do because it's a bit strange, you know, I mean, and I know we are able to be so nice and kind with others, but this is not necessarily, you know, the case, being kind uh, and nice with ourselves in those difficult times. And and those affirmations, you know, I know at the time just giving me like, you know, this um, uh, this boost even of strength and say, yes, you know, I'm, I'm good at what I'm, I'm doing. Um, anything that was I, I will share it with you because really you know it helped me a lot yes yes and it's it's so um again so much of science behind it Laura it's just reaffirming to your brain that you're not giving in to the thoughts of you know the the maybe the difficult circumstance that you're in and the voice there are voices in our head you know I call them like roommates that refuse to pay rent like self-doubt and imposter and in all of these voices of judging and you know saying that we're not good enough and all of that I'm like they're just roomies who refuse to pay rent and they're just hanging around with us for with no <clears throat> no permission and I love I, this comparison I love this one <laughs> I honestly think that uh, when you are practicing affirmation especially the ones that are most relevant for you that you feel you don't relate to but then that's exactly the energy you want to channel it's just rewiring the brain to say I don't want to say what I used to say and I want to say this you know so if you if you've always felt that I I cannot desire to to uh, to do a certain thing because no one in my family has my circumstance haven't allowed and then I keep narrating that story over and over again but one fine day you realize that that's just a story. So why can't I tell myself a different story through an affirmation that I am deserving? 
I am deserving of everything that I choose to manifest and attract in my life. And you say that on and on. Yeah. No, that's that's so true. It's a, it's a gymnastic. You know, yeah. when you decide to... Um, I mean, being an entrepreneur, every day is different. Some days are good. You know, I'm proud of myself. You know, I've achieved things. I'm acquiring new clients. Our clients are being happy about their service that I'm... I'm delivering you know, to to them um, and other other days like, oh, I haven't been able to achieve anything. I have done nothing. I tried my best you know, to progress on some projects and the days hasn't been or hasn't gone the way that, you know, I was expecting, etc. So that um, it's like, you know, what I was saying you know, about the gratitude uh, or, or doing gratitude journaling. It's helping day after day to say, yeah, but actually when you think about it, you know, today was not like, not everything was gloomy or dark. You had some highlights, like simple, the fact, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky uh, to have children. I'm lucky to have a husband. I'm lucky you know, to, uh, to be married. I'm lucky to have a roof uh, on top of my head. I'm lucky to see... Um, you know, the blue sky, you know, just right now when we are talking, you know, I can see my trees and my garden. So all those the things, you know, being grateful for what life, you know, is bringing me, it's also uh, detaching myself of whatever can be material. And I think in, in this world where we live, again, social media, everything that they're showing you that you might not have, or even in Dubai, where I feel that, you know, doing a lot of events, meeting a lot of different people, you know, in the beauty industry, now in the fashion industry as well, it's a very different world where you have to show what you, you have to show what you have, you know, what you have is what you are, and which is not the case. And, and doing this, uh, this gratitude no moments is also reminding me that there are things that are more meaningful uh, in life and to understand as well, what are you bringing to the world? Um, yes. Who you are? Who are you deep down? Yes. What yes. are your values? Yes, indeed, like um, um, uh, spiritually, but also yeah. your values, what's your worth? Uh, this is, yeah, the, the, the correct translation of, <laughs> from French to English. So, oh, yeah. so yeah, it's... Um, uh, all of this to say that even when you have a bad day, try to find positive things that happens. And it can be as small as, my coffee was amazing this morning. Or it could be, or I could feel the sun on my face. Or it could be also, oh, I've loved, I love the music, you know, that I heard this morning on the radio. Can be anything that's going to cheer you up or only to show you that, yes, you can see small things positive um, to make you feel better. Yes, no, 110%. I'm fully fully signed on and subscribed to this and, and I, I honestly Suchino I can't wait to see the app uh, live 
to experience it um, because it's only to bring um, beauty from inside. And, um, and by the way, uh, talking about beauty from inside, have you seen like along the, I mean, the, the past uh, two, three, nearly four years now from your burnout until, you know, what you worked on yourself, have you seen that whatever inside work you have done has reflected maybe on the outside? Yes, uh, 110%. I think, <clears throat> you know, during uh, when I was getting diagnosed with the burnout, there was uh, something also that was happening to me from a skin point of view. I was developing hyperpigmentation and I didn't actually, you know, connect the two. So I, I generally like to take care of my skin. So I was just trying to go deeper into what else and all of that. But once the cortisol was uh, identified, then the dermatologist and the doctor that was both who I was working with, they, they were explaining that when there's excessive cortisol in the body, one of the ways it shows up on the skin is through hyperpigmentation. And... <clears throat> Over the course of last two and a half, three years, just working on myself and also taking care with like what I'm eating and what I'm putting on my skin, I, I feel like the hyperpigmentation has significantly decreased. So even if I talk about just how I feel, like in terms of energy or my skin is shining or glowing and all of that is still secondary for me compared to the hyperpigmentation fading away or minimizing because it really felt like uncomfortable in my own skin because I was wondering what's happening to me and why why is this happening to me and it was like in like a patch around my eyes again by the way everything somehow was happening around my eyes but I I, I started to feel very uncomfortable and I, I kind of was anyway not feeling like myself but this was just making it even harder for me so and uh, have you have you done a test about your cortisol? I mean, I didn't know about the link between cortisol and hyperpigmentation, and I feel it's so interesting. I will right. I will dig into getting like some more information into this because I, I find it like uh, um, fascinating. Um, but I mean, uh, again, to to get your cortisol level down, what have you done? I mean, have you, did you take any medication or was it only to do with your mental health? Yes, I, I basically focused on just, uh, you know, like mindfulness, but I mean, physically and mentally. So like I was, like we were talking last time, you know, I decided to take my outlook, like I take your calendar and I started to schedule stuff in the calendar, but it's all about me. So I wanted to schedule like say walking before the sun rises every day because I I listened to this person called Dr. Huberman and I like follow some uh, you know podcasts and read books around how nature has such a such a huge role to play on on healing and also grounding us because it's vibrating nature is vibrating at a frequency that's the same frequency that we are experiencing when we're zen. I think it's like 4.17 megahertz or something like that. So that's why whenever you walk into nature or the sun falls on your face or you're watching a sunset, you tend to automatically feel very grounded and fully present. 
So I started to schedule these things in my calendar where I'd be like, I, I have to do this walk. So that's my morning meeting with the sun. Like I'm going to have a go do, do a walk and catch the sunrise. And then I would have an hour in the day where I'm allowed to worry because I am, I, I don't say I am anymore. I used to be an overthinker, an over worrier and a perfectionist. And so I decided that I should still give myself permission to worry, but I'm going to try and contain it. So in that hour or two hours, I can explode. And then, you know, you're tired of consciously worrying. You just, you're like, okay, like this is kind of too much. I don't want to. And then I started to also like set time to rest because I noticed that it's something that I have been wired from a very young age that rest is not productive. Rest is not necessary. Rest is for losers. Less rest is not, you know, anything to do with success and rest don't, they don't mesh. So I started to set time in my calendar to genuinely rest. And you know how like the Italians say, like, is it dolce far niente or something like that, where it's the sweetness of doing nothing. And I, I felt so uncomfortable that I wanted to do that on a daily basis to reach a place where I was comfortable with knowing that I have no agenda and the, this hour is to do nothing and to just be present. So I, these are the kind of tools I introduced that I had never done before. But other than that, you know, I, I made sure every day I worked out like I wanted to do. It could be light or it could be heavy, but that was flexible. But I had to move my body because I, I started to recognize that moving your body is giving out these, um, you know, this releasing this oxytocin and dopamine and endorphins that allow for me to find the gratitude, that allow for me to look to saying, what is this teaching me? And sort of, why is this happening to me? You suddenly look at the same circumstance and say, okay, why me? Like, why did I get burned out? Like, what is this trying to teach me? And you take it as a, as a, like a lesson, as opposed to something that like victimized you and you were like unfortunate for this to have come into your life. And those sort of activities in my calendar, expecting me to arrive at those meetings, which might have just had me only, was very, very, really, I should say, a complete different way of me operating. And I noticed that it actually allowed for me to recognize the power of showing up and, and practicing these mental fitness tools. And so I, I clubbed working out as a mental fitness tool because it starts here that I have to go. And so I thought, you know what, moving your body is actually primarily begins in the head. So I'm going to call that also a mental fitness tool. And this is how I started to regulate the cortisol, you know, that I allow myself to worry. I allow myself to rest, but it's all kind of scheduled so that I kind of don't have to spiral into it. I am defining that, you know, this moment is to worry, but I don't have to like, I don't have to give in to the moment that emotion taking over me. Rather, I am I'm able to manage that emotion to work for me. For anyone who is going through a burnout or might not feel, you know, themselves, what would you like to tell them? I think the first message that I feel I want to pass is to say burnout is not a badge of honor at all. 
I think the hustle culture somehow makes us feel we have to get there. So I would want to definitely, you know, pass this message as much to say burnout is not a badge of honor and that rest is productive. That if your phone, you know, your phone says, look, I'm going to die. I don't care if you're talking to Barack Obama. Like if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. You have to charge me. So if your device can have that much of an opinion on getting rest and being charged, why are you not having that much of an opinion for yourself to recognize that if I get some rest, I'm just going to be on turbo when I'm doing something that I have to do. These are the two elements I would want to. But in terms of an activity or to do something for yourself on the daily, if you're experiencing, I would, for me, I would say just have a moment in the day that's ranging from five minutes to 30 minutes where you are literally with yourself and it could be anything you choose you want to journal you want to write gratitude you want to do a guided meditation you want to listen to a podcast but encouraging that quality time with checking in with yourself before you check in with the world because I, I've concluded that embracing that solitude is genuinely how you flex your self-awareness. And that is a superpower. That is genuinely a superpower. So I would say that would be the simplest way to, to create a shift in your life, especially when you're trying to outsmart burnout. Yeah, I, I would say for people... Uh, that have children, sometimes it can be very difficult to find a moment for yourself. Yeah. And I know what I'm talking about. I have three kids. <laughs> so... God. And, but however, I mean, I've, um, the tricks, you know, that, uh, or the tips, you know, that I would share is when I'm doing my gratitude moment in the morning, I'm doing it before get or going out from my room. I would not open the curtains because the moment I open the curtains, my daughter is waiting for me outside the door. Like, you know, the head, you know, on the floor, looking if I'm awake or not. And if I open the curtain, I'm I'm done. It's over. So I would leave the curtain, you know, just um, uh, closed. I would put my uh, Himalaya salt lamp on, which gives us such a nice... Uh, light in the room and um, and then I would it would take me like literally five minutes and I put also some high frequency music so I allow myself five minutes in the morning to just think of myself about you know what I'm grateful for what I would love my um, my day to look like in terms of what is going to make my day great or amazing and also to write down some uh, affirmations um, and this is yeah and it's not that I'm waking up like before my kids to be very honest but I'm just waking up leaving the curtain closed writing uh, my things putting some music on and then once this is done then I can just close everything open the curtain and then it's like the day the, the big wave of children yeah. not coming into my room <laughs> I think that's such a great piece of advice with so much of wisdom locked in it because it is true, you know, working moms, I, I feel like they are the ultimate wonder women of the world. It's really the ultimate form of warriorship. And I don't know, like, 
the grandest form of wowness. And I think to share something that is workable and you're actually able to do something like this uh, and how you squeeze that window and how you figure it out, I think is a gem because it's, it's what, even if a mom is unable to make time, but if she can, based off the, the few tips you shared, it's, it's going to be such a great uh, gift for her. So I think that's, that's a really nice set of solution and tricks and tips that you've shared really valuable yeah and not to put uh, anyone under pressure there are days where I'm not doing it because I just don't have the time because maybe just the kids know came into the room like unexpectedly and it just that then then you know the day you know just goes and it and it's okay uh, okay. I, I, yeah, it's totally okay. You know, you don't need to be perfect no, into this. Though I believe that, you know, in the first days, I believe that it's good to show up and to have some consistency. So then you get the habit of doing it. And even if on some days, you know, you're not doing it, it's fine because you already have your brain muscles, you know, being used to it. So it will be like I easier. Think. It would be easier for right. you like full-on speaking the mental fitness language I mean it's just brilliant but it's it's so true yeah. and I think like you said to give permission to to allow yourself to fall off is great and to take away that that big pressure that you know if I missed a day then oh my god it's all gone to hell and I have to start all over is not at all the fact you miss a day you're back on it tomorrow it's perfectly fine and I think it's it's really nice to be able to acknowledge how you're feeling and give yourself the permission to say it's okay I couldn't today but I'll be back on it uh, tomorrow or you know when as soon as you're ready to be back on it I think to be kind to ourselves is also equally important to go back to burnout um two questions on this first do you still uh, feel the impact of burnout and how do you deal with them um, and yeah I think this is the two questions <laughs> I, I definitely I, I still feel the impact of burnout when I stop listening to myself because I, I still recognize that I'm human and so even even though I have experienced it all and I know what I'm doing in order to mitigate or to keep things under control or to thrive, to be my best, most power-packed self, I have moments where I, you know, fully give in to like work situation or I'm completely occupied by something and I forget to take a moment for myself or do my morning ritual. What the, the, the symptoms that I still experience in those cases, I would say are going into a, a feeling of tiredness you know I feel like if I did two days of non-stop and not taking care not showing for me the third day I guarantee you that I will feel the sense of exhaustion that I do want to get some I want to I want to chalk in some rest time for sure the second thing I notice is if I go too much into a space of not paying attention and not really practicing like my mental fitness uh, routines, I if I take caffeine, I automatically notice that you know, like my it feels like my heart is racing and I'm getting a feeling a sense of dizziness. So I can tell very well that I still have 
the symptoms that I I noticed from the onset of it. And it's just when I don't show up for myself, when I'm not paying attention to myself. The only difference from then and now is I'm self-aware now. So as soon as I notice, even if I went into autopilot for two, three days and I was falling off my, my own practices, I my body shows and I catch it. That's the difference from how it was before. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, I feel the same as well as when I have like intense days, like um, the past, you know, weekend I had like a, a three-day wedding and that was amazing. The bride looked gorgeous. But I had a day or an evening where I did just nothing. I mean, I could have go out with some friends, but I just said it to stay home. And yeah, and this is this is the way that, you know, you look after yourself and where you have to be careful um, as well. I mean, though, again, you know, my sleep is not the best, but um, yeah, it's, it's good to have a time where you just like stop. Yes. Even if it's to do nothing, as I said, like, you know, doing nothing and having a rest, you no, know, is good. It is, it, it is a, what you said, you know, it is creating productivity, good productivity, uh, creativity as well. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Mm. What, what are your daily uh, routines or routine? What is your daily routine? So, you know, I have a, a small certain practice in the morning and a little practice in the night. But in my morning routine, I I like to start by, you know, just like turning on the kettle and like listening to the noise when it's basically like heating the water. And then what I like to do is I like wherever I am, like I like to just have the sunlight on my face and <clears throat> I want to spend a few minutes, which I will do every day to to, to, to activate my senses okay so it's like it's what I'm seeing I will feel the mug and the warmth on the mug I will smell the tea like I like to allow my nose to be activated and I kind of listen to like just the birds and listen to whatever noise some construction noise outside my balcony here like I will just listen watch smell touch feel and I just want to pay attention to my moment and I like that with the the tea making because there's so much noise that comes from the kettle and then I'm just focusing on the noise and I try to like just hone in on that. And it allows me to, to slow down because I will not check my phone until this is done. Like I will not, except for perhaps an alarm going off, I won't look into it. I won't read the news. I won't look at Instagram, nothing. I will focus on this experience of the tea making and sitting with it and staring into a into a sunrise or into the you know whatever the current state of the outside sky is and then there is two things I like to do all the time I do I have not yet reached a place where I can meditate without a voice I still need a guided meditation so I like to listen in on a two or three <clears throat> people and pieces that my brain has gotten used to and I like that the way it makes me feel when I start the day. So I will listen to these three different pieces of guided meditation, just choose one of them. And sometimes I will shorten it to be five minutes. And sometimes I will do, if it's like a weekend or I have time, I might listen to it for 30 minutes. And then 
the third thing that I do is I allow myself uh, permission to do or not do, which is that I like, I wouldn't say I like to, I have fallen in love with understanding and experiencing the power of journaling, but I am not still not consistent. So when I am able to, to tell myself that, yeah, today well, let's do it. We have time. We'll do it. I do it. And now I show up more and more. But it's it's a journey for me. And I'm, I'm only because I can see how useful it is. I am wanting to show up more because I told you earlier, I used to be a very angry person. And now I take the anger to do good, meaningful things for me, as opposed to just reacting and wasting it on the emotion. And I find journaling to be very powerful, a tool to mitigate or to manage your anger, you know. And in the in the conclusion to that routine, I have a, a pup that I consider as my firstborn, Laura, a dog that's firstborn son. I know I, I just say that and I, I freak people out, but it's true. No, no, honestly, I totally understand. And I saw some pictures like he's adorable. He's adorable. Oh he's God. adorable. So his name is Enzo. And what I do is I like to because... I believe in the morning to start your day, moving your body a little bit, just stretching or a light yoga or a little bit of breath work with yoga is fantastic. I'm not able to do that after wanting to do the tea and listening to a guided meditation. So I take him for a walk. And that for me feels like I have no way but to focus only on him. And I kind of watch all the things that he's sniffing and smelling and I get time to move my body and everything wakes up inside of me. And this is my morning routine. You know, I, I want to be able to have my day as much as possible start like this. And I love it. Like it sets the intention for my day and I feel like it's going to be an amazing day. And at night I have like two rules one is I have to wash my face squeaking clean before I go to bed like twice and have my routine and second is I will 110% write the three things I'm grateful for in that day and on on days that I feel particularly were not great I will write for myself what about it was not great and the only thing I tell you with that writing, what about it was not great. I will not think about it. Like I have learned to come to a place where I don't need to write a, I don't know, a Forbes article. Like, no, it's not to be published anywhere. So I just free flow. I just want my brain to think a little bit on what about it was not great. And I just write it out. That's it. It's free flowing, sometimes three lines, sometimes one page. But it's only, I do that majorly on days where I just want to reflect on why the day was not great, but this is the nighttime. You know, on this, um, we talked about it you now about the five minute uh, journal. Yes. And this is basically the, the, the basis of uh, my gratitude journaling. And indeed, in, in it, on each page every day, you have a quotation, then you start uh, your three things that you're grateful for, then you do... Uh, what would be amazing to happen during the day and then affirmation. And then in the evening, you do a kind of a, you know, check on your day. What were the three th things that were great about today and also how today could have been better, um, yes. which is great. And some days, you no, know, I write, oh yeah, maybe 
I could have been, I don't know, nicer to Joe, my husband, or maybe I could have not get angry for nothing, but others. And what is very important and what I realize, and for me, it's important to say is some days are just perfect and it's good to write it. And honestly, some days I just, I mean, I wrote today was perfect. I don't want to change anything. There was nothing that could have been better or I could have done better. No, it was just perfect. And even if they were imperfection, I've learned something about it. And therefore, I feel good about myself. You know, I feel good that, yes, I was not perfect. It could have gone better. But for me, it was a perfect day because I learned something today. Oh, my God. I mean, we need to have like a mic drop right now because that is just really that's what it is about Laura and when you are able to celebrate that okay whatever imperfectly perfect this is why I kept on saying I don't want to associate this term of perfectionism there is nothing there is no such thing as perfectionism or perfect you know it's what's perfect to you and it's what's perfect to me so I love that you actually can see that and on some days say even if, you know, there was things that you could still pick and pinpoint, no, it was just perfect the way it was. And I think there's so much beauty in that. Like how you say, imperfectly perfect. That's that there's so much beauty in being able to see that and be content with as is. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Suchi, we are so beyond, you know, the one hour and a half that we have planned. Uh, it's probably like nearly now, like two hours that we are together. I mean, two, we are together for more than two hours, but like in the episode when it will be like edited, we'll be nearly two hours. Um, and, um, and, and as we are, you know, in a podcast about beauty inside out, um, I mean, could you share with us any of your skincare or beauty routine that uh, you're having on a daily basis? You were saying that, you know, you would uh, double cleanse you know, in the evening, but are there anything that you're doing that, you know, you love? And if you have any one product that you would keep with you, which one would it be? Oh, gosh, I definitely have. I would I would just say first, Lord, that I'm a huge skincare lover and a less makeup lover. Like I love makeup, but I feel like skincare trumps everything. I do have a morning and a, and an evening routine. Uh, the only thing that I have done over the last two years because of the hyperpigmentation is I've sort of gone away from products like retinol and anything that's a little too strong for the skin. And I've started to move more towards like Ayurvedic or like more clean uh, product ranges, you know? And so I have, if I was to tell you that if I have like a hero product, I've recently, like maybe in the last one year, discovered like using a, like a high, high, how you say, a hyaluronic serum and a niacinamide in a bottle in itself. And I just feel like even though my routine has like, say, uh, cleansing and toning and moisturizing and vitamin C and all of that, like I am in love with this niacinamide and uh, hyaluronic serum and I have a hero product that I have discovered maybe several months ago by this uh, again a, a startup brand based out of the U.S. but the skincare line is completely plant-based like it's made out of it's based on Ayurveda and it's plant-based 
and the vitamin C serum is made of saffron, you know, the, the orange. Yeah. 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 Yes. And I, I am completely in love with it. So, I mean, if I was to share the brand, I would love to, it's called Ranavat and it's a, uh, it's called, I think it's a, it's a saffron vitamin C serum. And I, I find that it works really great on like having this glow on the skin, but it's not sticky. It works on hyperpigmentation. It's a great vitamin C that's not too harsh. And I genuinely, genuinely love it. And I think in terms of, you know, hyperpigmentation products that are not harsh on the skin, if anyone is interested, I would be, I would love to give information because I don't, I've sort of started, stopped using uh, products that are harsh or enter the bloodstream and have different other effects. Um, I kind of have found ranges that are clean and that are, uh, you know, made more for plants and, and less chemical. How, how do you spell the name of the brand? R-A-N-A-V-A-T. Ravanet, okay. Yes. I'll, ha I'll have a look. Yes, take a look. And, and you know, we have to chat about it after. But I think the range is really nice. I do do, I tend to mix my products. I don't stick to just one brand. So, like, I like a few things from, say, Ranavat. I like a few things from... Uh, Dr. Barbara Sturm I like a few things from Glow Recipe and I use you know I've been using this moisturizer for a while which is by uh, I don't know how to say the brand name Augustinus Bader but it's a, a cream particularly for you know uh, that was meant to work on I think burn victims but when yeah. I had hyperpigmentation, I I decided to venture into a space that had a lot of science and explanation so I, I still use it and I like the the thickness of it and if you said yeah. one makeup product I have to tell you that one thing that I will drench myself in is blush I can't I just I you I don't need to wear anything but if I if I had to live with one thing that you cannot take away from me is blush <laughs> I love that. I love that. To go back to our skincare, I mean, at the moment, I have a night uh, uh, routine with yes. uh, Dr. Ba ba Barbara Sturm. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. You know, it's replumping my skin so much overnight. So there is um, uh, a night serum, a night cream serum. And then on top of it, I'm putting some uh, face cream because I met her last week i think uh, i was very lucky like to uh, to have um, a breakfast uh, with her and other women and uh, and she gave us like this um, these tips and it's amazing and uh, augustinus bader is again also amazing it's part of my uh, kit to prep the the skin of my client and that's the same, you know, it's just replumping your skin, um, keeping your skin hydrated, you know, all day long. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, those are amazing, amazing products. The makeup artist approves of my skincare protein. <laughs> and it's also so unfortunate that I was at the Barbara Storm event and we have, we had not exchanged contact then, I guess, because I, I obviously missed us to say hello to each other. No, because honestly speaking, it was a different event. So oh. I think, yeah, I, I had another event 
uh, with the brand like the day before uh, and then the queen mode they did it like the day after okay, so fine, now we couldn't have met them um okay. i mean in in person <laughs> um who 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 inspire you or where do you get your inspire inspiration from uh, i think in from a very young age i've always been inspired by my dad i think my dad has been a very <clears throat> like in in general just the way he kind of navigated life and and the way he inculcated a lot of like very um you know meaningful principles and sense of value he's always been someone i've looked up to and constantly felt uh, the sense of inspiration and as i like got wiser i would say instead of older it's off late that i've started to look at my mom with a lot with a very different set of eyes I feel like I never really saw her in in an inspiring way when I was younger, you know, and now when I, I I've come so much into understanding myself and sort of working so much on myself, um, I've I've definitely like I'm I feel like I'm looking at her with a very different set of eyes and having this, you know, insane amount of respect to want to be a better person because I think I finally recognize what what a journey she's been on and I I think I was never I never was able to acknowledge and see it for what it is so nowadays I I can see myself that I'm constantly able to like see these you know I don't know super super skills in her that I'm like I don't even think I'm gonna ever be able to be half as great in terms of like resilience and you know being able to be in service of people that you love and and sort of I, I don't know being showing up for people in different formats where people are demanding sides of you that you know you you don't have to but she still does these things so I find that she's definitely been a new added inspiration to me and other than that you know I've had a lot of my self journey has it's like not a direct thing but my husband Anoop his name is Anoop he is someone who has never been a conventional conventional partner in my opinion and he has indirectly put me on this journey to discover myself because he was always trying to kind of explain to me that he is not responsible for my happiness he will support my happy he will be my you know backbone or he will be there whenever I need him he has my back but I have to discover my happy and for me that was very unromantic or very un-Hollywood hero like like I was like who talks like that aren't you supposed to be my better half and my complete me and all of this jazz and and I think this style of being uh, being romantic or love language of his really pushed me to a place where I wanted to discover okay like what is it that makes me happy like who who am I and what are the things that I want to bring to my life and other than that I think I have like three super friends like super friends whose lives and their life story has constantly wanted me to elevate my my state of being and you know I I sort of say this nowadays that I think they want me to elevate from a state of elevation so you know I have I would say a little bit of my family and my husband but also these three amazing friends that they they changed my 
path of life at very epic moments and i i firmly believe that it's a combination of these bunch of people you know and i i still constantly look up to all of them which is why i'm saying they're still my source of inspiration or drive um as uh, concluding you know this uh, this episode who who would you like to see as a next guest that you may know that you can introduce um to me uh, to be part of beauty s'il vous plaît you know i i was uh, thinking that actually there would be two people that i've met in the recent that i feel would be like amazing people to to interact with lore on a on a fantastic podcast and i think one is someone called mo i just recently met her through queen mode and we've had a bunch of conversations but her her life trajectory she's also in the fashion space but kind of a this powerhouse of an entrepreneur and i find that just as a personality she's just very inspiring with her energy and aura and the other person i really um found fascinating and just want to get to know more of is uh, hajar who is the other co-founder of the modist and queen mode i definitely you know i i definitely think she'd be a fantastic guest on this podcast and would have lots to share on on uh, beauty inside and out and so much more so yeah i think these are two people i've met in my recent where i feel you know just phenomenal women and wonderful stories to to share with you yes the um the queen mode community is such a fantastic community in the sense that you know we met through uh this community yes. i met other women uh i'm seeing amazing things happening on a daily basis like all the messages you know that we are receiving um and and i feel lucky uh that i've been put you know into this uh, this group um and uh, and to meet some of them you know in some of the previous uh, event indeed so i mean anyone i mean anyone because it's primarily for women um but i would highly recommend you know to uh to try to be part of uh, of this uh, of this community for for sure um suchi where where can we find you how can we get in touch with you so you can find me on linkedin i i should actually i will send you my details so you can leave the links in your various platforms yeah. but you can find me on linkedin you can find me on instagram i'm not super active on facebook but i'm a lot more active on instagram at my first my suchi.sivasankaran that's my instagram handle and i'm also working on building a community for inside and out for the app space so i'm just very much in that space when i'm sort of learning the works of how to to build this community and to have a bit of rebranding and all of that done and that insta handle is called join inside out i will share that as well with you lore but i think you can find me at all of these three spaces else i'm just a mobile call away and i will i will say that for any high achieving women listening wanting to outsmart burnouts and you know not just succeed but to thrive in life i'm 
I am your girl. I'm happy to be a part of that journey to guide you, to coach you, to to, to be. I'd be honored to have that space because I have walked the walk and I am extremely passionate about being able to to recognize how wonderful we all are and to bring out that um that superpower within and you know impact your world whatever your world may be the way that you deserve and desire so yes that's that's what i would i would say suchi is it's like you know the the first time we spoke together a week ago is we could have the conversation the chat like for hours and hours <laughs> i mean we're reaching nearly like you know, two hours and a half of episode and i'm just like yeah i could i could still you know talk to you and and try to share more about your experience though more with the audience that are going to listen to us and that are listening to us um because Yes, we need to have people that are able to help us going through those difficult, you know, moments like, you know, burnout. And a burnout um, declares and expresses itself, you know, in different ways, you know, for each person. There is no small or big burnouts or um, because a small burnout that what I would qualify has actually, you know, I've been through it and been able to get over it but only after two years. Um, and still today, I feel that I still having you know, some impact of the burnout. But the fact that you're also developing you know, this app inside and out to help people to uh, have a better mental fitness, I think we, we are going in that direction, like in general, uh, I would say, to look after what we eat, to look after our body, uh, to look our mental health as well, and into mental health, you know, obviously I'm including the mental fitness because it helps. Um, and there's so many different ways. And honestly, I can't wait for the app in and the end of H1 yes. <laughs> to be out. Um, and I would say that maybe, you know, in a year time, Let's do another episode to see how has been this journey into creating the app, into uh, building it um, and running it, you know, after six months or 12 months. Uh, but I would love to have you again on Beauty Sibouplet. Oh, my God, Laura, what an honor. Thank you so much. And that is probably the nicest, the nicest message. The universe better be hearing it. And, you know, I really, I, I really have not felt more passionate about something that I've built. And I, I really want, you know, I keep having this vision and this dream that everyone who wakes up now after you do your little routine, the first thing you log into is check in with yourself on inside and out. And then you go into Instagram and go into Facebook and go into your news channels. But the first thing you do as a mainstream lifestyle is to say, you know, I, I just want to spend five minutes with me. And I can't wait for this. I can't wait to be back. And I'm really, really thankful for this opportunity. Thank you so much, Suchi, for being with us today, spending some time explaining us everything, sharing so much about your experience you know, with uh, burnout, with your mental health, and, um, and the start of your journey with Inside Out. We cannot wait to hear more about it. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I say mercy.
Merci de rien. <rire> For this episode, I have partnered with Ketish. Ketish is a feminine wellness brand. And what I love about Ketish is that they're here to help women to go back to their goddess state, to be proud of our femininity and feel confident about our sexual desires. One of the products of Ketish that I absolutely love is the Quickie Wipe. And it helps basically, you know, the way that I'm using them is whenever I could do to the gym, I go back home. I don't have time to have a shower or from the gym, I need to run, you know, somewhere else. So I would get, you know, one of the quickies and have it in my bag and just help to refresh my intimate parts and also my underarms. It's super practical. So for this and for my listeners, we have partnered with Ketish to give you a 20% of your first order. And with it, you can use the code SILVOUPLAY20. I'm going to put all the information in the caption of um, this podcast. And uh, I'm sure you're going to love them because I love them as well. And again, what I love about them is there are only good ingredients in it. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode today. If you enjoy it, please rate it with five stars, leave a comment and share it with at least two of your friends. This will help the podcast to be more visible and high in the rank. I cannot wait to have you in my next episode to talk more about beauty. In the meantime, take care of yourself and remember, be your own kind of beautiful. Beautiful.